is up, you wonderful, beautiful, fantastic people of the world? This is Ashley Campbell with Daily Encouragement. By the time you guys hear this episode, it'll be sometime in August. I'm not exactly sure when. I have misplaced my calendar this morning. But I'm going to be talking to you guys today about something that I was thinking about all the way back in August of 2021. Um, This is kind of in the middle of a series I do every year on the podcast called Revelation Revamp, where I share with you guys the biggest revelation that I've had for each month for the years prior. And uh, I'm only just now finally getting to August. There's a lot of in-between stuff, but I hope you guys are checking out the podcast. A brand new one just released today. I think it's called Fear, Facts, and Injustice. And, uh, you know, you guys, so much good stuff on this podcast. 325 episodes. So if you guys are brand new, be sure to start all the way back to the beginning and, uh, you know, walk yourself through the process. I did a life coaching series on the podcast that helps people walk through the process of establishing their character and establishing their identity and their character and values not to performance, other people's opinions, or circumstances. And it's a, it's five months of content. It's super loaded. It's going to go super deep, okay? All the way, I mean, we're going to be talking about, you know, how to get out from, I talked about how to get out from underneath blame, shame, and condemnation, um, relationships, how your uh, environment growing up impacted you as a kid, beliefs, how they're formed. You guys, it is loaded. So um, if you are really looking to understand yourself and get some more insight, Um, You guys, be sure to check out the podcast. So without further ado, this morning, I was kind of going through my notes, trying to figure out what I was going to talk to you all about. And really the the main theme I kept seeing was uh, taking off the armor and being more courageous was the vision that God has given me. Um, I think I was starting to shrink back a little bit last summer because, you know, I, I think you guys know that, I mean, I don't, I know there's a lot of new followers on this page and on the podcast too, but, uh. You know, I started daily encouragement back in 2017 and I, the Lord inspired me to start writing a book. I think it was 2018. I didn't get the book done until 2020. And then I didn't get the book to get the book published until 2022. And I got a contract for the book in 2021, November of 2021. And then I finally, just yesterday, was able to get the money for the commercial. So you guys, it's really been a long road for me. Um, and there's been many times where I'm just like, Lord, maybe it's not the time. Um, I homeschool my kids. I've been a stay at home mom for 15 years. You know, my husband's been the sole provider for us. If you guys have been listening to my story at all, you guys know some of the crazy things we've been through living in an 18 foot travel trailer with our, how many kids at the time? I don't even know. (sighs) Let's see here. My daughter that I had when I first moved out to the travel trailer, she was only a month old. She's about to be 13 on Friday. And so uh, she's number four. So we had four kids out in the travel trailer with us at the time. Lived there for 18 months. Just before that, we lived in another place for nine months. Just before that, we lived in a bedroom at our church with our three kids at the time. And that's a whole nother story, you guys. But the point is, is, uh, you know, life has not always been easy for me and my husband, but I have chosen to stay with my children for the last 15 years because I value my influence in their life. And I really wasn't concerned about, you know, uh, me trying to make money and go to work and throw them here and there so somebody else could raise them and and have an influence in their life. I'm like, you know what? If this is what life's got to look like for a time so I can do what's most important to me, let it be done. And God gave us the grace. And now we are in a much different, much amazing situation compared to where we were. And that's a whole nother conversation. But um, anyway, so last summer, I was, like I said, just feeling kind of, Maybe I should give up. Maybe this ain't the time. And uh, I started realizing that there were some values I needed to grow in. 
you guys know what your values are? They're your motivations, okay? They're your motivations for why you do what you do. And if you guys have my book, Nuggets of Truth, right here, if you guys look in the very back appendix of it, you guys utilize this appendix. I'm telling you, if you do the work, it's going to change your life. All right. I know sometimes when you're reading through a book and they ask you questions, the tendency is just to go over them and be like, ah, it's not a big deal. But the reason you're not moving forward in your life is because you're not asking and addressing the issues that you're having today. All right. So it starts, it's really just one day at a time. But if you guys go to the back of the appendix, um, I walk you guys through the process of establishing your personal values. And that is an appendix. Hold on really quick, you guys. I'm kind of looking through it right now. Okay, that's D, this one. Maybe it's the first one. I think it might be. Maybe it's A. I believe it is. You know, I'm just going to go to the table of contents, bro, because this is taking a second. It is. Hold on. Hold on. All right. Personal values. Appendix A, page 293 in the book, Nuggets of Truth. It will help you establish your personal your personal um, values. What is it'll talk to you? What is a value? How do you know what you value? Values are motivators. What's motivating you? That's super important. But anyway, um, I had to stop and reflect and be like, you know what? The reason that I'm where I'm at in my life right now is because I started taking risks with the things that I believed that God was speaking into my life and moving forward with it. And so, um, you know. I had to start reorienting myself like, wait a second, what values do I need to grow in as a person to carry out the words and the vision that I believe God's given me for my life? And at the time, um, it was hope, courage, and patience. Oh my God. Anybody, and how does anybody feel about that? Hope, courage, and patience. Patience is not the easiest thing for me. And I realized that it was because, uh, the reason I struggled to be impatient was because I didn't believe that I was going to get what I was asking for. You know, and when you grow up like I did in a very, uh, just, I guess you could say just poverty, scarcity, you know, like I did, um, it's easy to think that way, but I didn't know that that was driving me. If that makes any sense. Have you ever asked yourself why you struggle with certain things? Once you start doing that, oh my gosh, it's going to change your life. So I started asking the Lord to help me, you know, Keep what keep in mind what he said and be able to take off the, you know, um, be able to to move forward in that, right? To grow. So anyway, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Brene Brown at all, but a lot of her books have really helped me grow. Uh, Daring Greatly was one of the first books that I read that helped me understand vulnerability and um, the armor that she talked about that we put on as people, right? That's super heavy. And so uh, when you, when I was thinking about me moving forward in relationship to what the Lord said, I realized it was going to take courage. But then I had to ask myself, well, what's holding me back? What armor am I putting on? Because it's it's very vulnerable to be courageous. In her book, Daring Greatly, she talks about what courage really means. And it means to live out your whole heart, right? To tell your whole heart. And that's vulnerable, you know? Um, there was a time where I didn't always do that. There was a time I wasn't even on social media because I didn't want to be judged and criticized by people. And so I understand what she's talking about. And I'm sure you guys do too, if you take the time to kind of step back and ask yourself the question. But, uh, so as I was thinking about, you know, asking what armor am I putting on? And if you guys get her book, Darren Greatly, she does a wonderful job walking people through that process. And so I was able to identify some of the pieces of armor that I had put on. And with that being said, my mind automatically went to foreboding. 
that is something that I tend to do when um, I'm feeling vulnerable or, uh, you know, let's see here. I guess you could say uncertain, maybe not uncertain. I'm trying to think of kind of what situations uh, put that on. And this is why I'm going to get into the list with you guys. I actually just came up with this list this morning as I was preparing for this podcast. So areas of vulnerability and the armor that I wear. So we're going to talk about foreboding in a minute, but let me let me share some things with you guys that kind of came to my mind as I was asking this question to myself. Areas of, of vulnerability or what makes me feel vulnerable. Number one, will I have enough money when I just spent all my money at the grocery store? Does anybody feel vulnerable when it comes to money or uh, security? I shared with you guys before, uh, a question hit me last year and it was like, Ash- it was Ashley, why do you trust in money more than me, right? And I had to acknowledge that I was trusting money more than I was trusting the Lord. And that was kind of, that was scary for me to have acknowledged before God, but I mean, I've been, I've been with him long enough to know that I can. And so I was like, Lord, why do I do that? Have you ever asked, you know, the Holy Spirit in you, if you're a Christian, why do you behave the way you do? Like, are you courageous enough? And do, are you secure enough in your relationship where you can acknowledge those things? And I said, Lord, why do I do that? And he reminded me of a memory came to my mind. And I shared with you guys before when you, when God is sort of reorienting you, reorienting you as a person, I don't think I said that word right. But when you are transforming and healing from the inside out, the number one thing that's going to change is the way that you see your life and your situation. But you have to be able to understand yourself and how you're seeing it in order to, to do that. Your life is all in a perspective. And so if you can change your perspective on something, it'll literally change your life. But if you don't understand the soil of what's shaping your current perspective right now, or if you're not aware of those things, you're not gonna change. And so um, I was like, Lord, why do I find more security in money than I do in you? And he reminded me, brought up memories. God will show you your memories because that's what holds us back, right? It's how we interpret those experiences that we've had. But My biological dad was not in my life physically. He wasn't around. I was his secret life, but he literally paid child support every single month until I was 18. Well, being that I had two alcoholic parents, my mom and my stepdad were both alcoholics. Uh, My mom was not a good manager with money. um, And I was homeless with my mom for a time. That 366 bucks that he sent to my mom brought me a sense of security. Like, okay, well maybe my mom and dad are gonna have money for what they need now since this money's here, right? That, so that created a false sense of security, right? Because number one, I never learned to rely on people and their character. When you grow up in an environment with adults who don't have good character and they're inconsistent, that is why people start to rely on physical things because physical things are permanent. Why do you think people struggle with like addiction and stuff too? Not just alcohol and stuff, but physical things because there's a sense of permanence there and security. And uh, you know, when people are not that for you, when you're young, right? When you're up in, up until you're, you know, when you're a baby all the way up through however, you know, your first seven or eight years is when your beliefs are formed as a person. And so, you know, in those younger years when you're super vulnerable, if you don't have consistent character in your life with people, it makes it very difficult for you to rely on people to do what they say they're going to do, right? Be consistent, knowing that you're going to have what you need because of who they are. That's what God's trying to do with us. However, we only know God through our physical relationships at times. Does that make sense? 
or we don't really know the Lord that way, but we use our physical relationships with people to kind of maybe gauge how he's going to be. And this is all subconscious. We don't do this consciously because how many of you have said, oh, I believe the Lord. I know he's going to take care of me. But then you find yourself still worrying about the same old crap, right? So obviously there's a disconnect there and there's nothing wrong with that. God brings these things up to us so he can literally transform it. I was talking to a friend yesterday and that is where we see God's glory is when we can acknowledge our humanity that way, you know, the messiness of it, the, the things that we have a hard time acknowledging before God and other people. When you bring that to the Lord, that's where you really see his power and his glory. That's how he shows himself. That's how, that's what Jesus Christ did with people, right? They were physically needing to be healed or they had these things going on and they came to him, Lord, help me, help me overcome my unbelief, right? Very real human experiences. They took them to Jesus Christ and he literally met them in such a way that it transformed their life. It was like, wow, first of all, he didn't condemn me for that. And number two, he provided what I needed right? He gave me what I needed. It totally shifted their view. And so that's what happens with us as we acknowledge these places of our lives and we bring it to the Lord, right? Because now we have the Holy Spirit. He said, blessed are those who believe and have not yet seen. So the Holy Spirit's in you. Hopefully you're getting up every day, talking, talking to him and, and having a conversation and casting your cares on him and doing these things he's telling us to do. Being able to do that on the heart gut-wrenching level and then asking him, Lord, give me a revelation. Give me some insight. Give me some understanding. And so that is one thing, like when it comes to money, because of how I grew up, that conditioning that I got, um, that's where my mind goes. I can have everything that I need, right? You go to the grocery store, I always have a list with me, I get everything I need. And I can sit there and still be like, oh man, what am I gonna do if I need money for this? If I need money for that? And can anybody relate to me in that, right? That's all stemming from that past conditioning, right? Anyway, let me move on to this list. Okay, oh, am I providing enough value? I have had people on my page, my Facebook page, send me generous donations, not just for the commercial, but hey, Ashley, I just want to bless you with some money. My first thought was, am I providing enough value for them that they would think to send me $100, $200? Am I giving them enough value? Do any of you question your value that way when somebody does something nice for you? Like, oh, do I, do I really deserve this? Did I do enough for that person? right and so when this whole thing started cracking off right and i needed you know donations and stuff one of the biggest donations i got in the very beginning so it was like january of 2022 it was march of 2022 actually i had to put at least half down for them to each get started on the book and i was still just like begging for money for people right and then this gal out of nowhere just sends me fourteen hundred dollars and I was so stunned. I was like, Lord, what does she see that I, I'm giving her like $1,400 worth of value? Now, one thing I hear from a lot of Christians is, well, it's because I'm being obedient to God. Well, praise the Lord. That just shows you that what we do is not connected to our behavior, right? Because the fact that she gave it just out of obedience because God told her to, all the pressure was off of me per se. But that doesn't mean that I, that thought never crossed my mind. It absolutely did. Am I giving this, these people enough value to them that they, because that they, in my mind, she saw the value in what I was doing. For her, you know, no, it's, it's, it's obedience. God told me to do it. Okay, that's wonderful, right? I'm grateful for that. Anyway, you know, um, but th those are the things that crossed my mind as a, as a human being. All right, so here we go. Um, 
I keep myself small. And I'm gonna share some statements with you guys. Have you ever, how can I say this? Not shared good that was going on in your life or what was happening or, or what you wanted to do with your life because the people you were hanging around weren't there? Does that make any sense? You know, um, you guys, I was in circles of people where the people that I hung out with were people that like literally needed a lot of help. They were just literally getting out of jail, getting out of prison. So they had to be like rehabilitated mentally. Um, their families were completely falling apart. Uh, still, I mean, just a lot of things, okay? Well, I didn't have that issue. So I was in a position where I was helping people, but because my circle was people who were not where I was yet, right? They're still trying to figure all this out. I didn't talk about what I was doing in my life, what was going on, because I was trying to protect their feelings. I didn't want them to feel bad. And so um, I have a tendency and I have to still practice to make sure that I'm, you know, not operating in that mode. And I think part of that too, I will say this, you guys, when you are growing and healing in your life and you've God's brought you from A to B, your circle is extremely important because there's going to be things that you can't say to everybody because they just don't have the maturity to handle it or they're not that there's nothing in common they don't have the same type of vision or the same kind of drive or they're not headed in that way and so you do have to make sure that if okay for example if you are a person that's never had any kind of limits on people and you've always allowed yourself to get walked on your new friends are going to have to be people that are looking for other relationships where they can practice setting limits, where they're not going to get offended because you told somebody no, right? Have you guys been around people, family members, friends? If you tell them no, they get super upset and freak out, right? But if you're realizing that you not saying, not being honest is suffocating you, you're going to have to go through a process of unlearning some mindsets and things that you've come to believe is true. And then you're going to have to make sure you're hanging around people that are on the same page. Like, hey, you know what? It's okay. I'm, I'm trying to set limits. I want you to know it's okay for you to set limits with me too. Having that mutual kind of thing, because that's how you grow. You can practice these things with people. That's why your circle is so crucial, okay? But anyway, I digress. Let's, let's keep moving on here, you guys, because it's already been 18 minutes on the podcast. Okay, so here's some statements. Here's some things that people say, or I've heard people say to me that make me feel vulnerable. When people complain or make comments about kids' uh, generalizations, right? So when people make statements about kids, they make generalizations like, you know how your teenage daughter doesn't want to listen to you? I don't know how many times I've gone to the grocery store and heard other parents complain about their teenagers. Oh my gosh, they're just like, they just back talk, they have no respect. And I'm just looking at them like, I cannot relate to you. But it's hard for me to say that. I'm not gonna say that out loud and be like, I can't relate to that. There's been times where I have, I'm like, Ashley, you need to be honest, you know? Cause I'm, I've been so accustomed to kind of just like, okay, maybe if I just connect with this person down here, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, I can bring them up some kind of how, some kind of way. But anyway, when people say that, I can't relate to that. I don't have a bunch of teenage, you guys check this out. My daughter is gonna be 13. And so I've, I have, I'm gonna have four teenagers. Well, one adult, my oldest is 21. Like I said, he's in the process of, of moving out and getting his own place as long as the stuff I told you guys about in the beginning works out. And then I got one who's gonna be 17, 15, and then 13. 
I do not butt head, heads with any of my older kids. We, we just don't go there. You know, um, I've had to learn some things and humble myself as an adult over the years, parenting classes and just all these things I've had to do as a person. So I can't relate to people who are constantly at war with their, with their older kids. But a lot of people are in that situation. And, you know, I do care about connecting with people, right? But I can't relate to that. So that makes me feel vulnerable. Okay, here's another one. Oh my God, you take all your kids with you? Good luck. So every other, so every Friday, I either take one of my kids out with me one-on-one -on -one time. And then the other Friday, I take them all with me. So my oldest, he's at work, he's, he's, got, he's doing his own thing. But the other six kids, right? So my 16 year old, he drives us cause he's like, he's still got his permit, almost, almost got his driver's license. And so he's driving us around, we're hanging out. I love hanging out with these guys. We listen to music, we have a great time, we laugh. And so when I go into the store though, with six, six kids, you know, teenagers and, and three little ones, they're like, what? Like what's basically, they think something's wrong with me because I'm literally enjoying my kids or why would you bring all your kids out? Kids are hellions when they go to the store. I don't have that problem because I've learned things over the years that I've implemented with my kids. I've done, like I said, a lot of really hard work as an individual changing myself as a person and it's paid dividends in my relationships with my kids. You know, I, there's a lot of consistency in my relationship with my kids. I don't, I don't say something and not mean what I say with my kids. You know, when they were younger, it's like, look, I mean what I say and I say what I mean. I told them one time, you know? And so it, I, I wasn't the threatening and repeating parent like a lot of people are. And so because of my consistency for a long time, 15 years being at home, I finally get the benefits of that. Guess what? Not everybody can relate to me in that. So that can make people feel kind of uncomfortable with me at times. All right, where's another one? All these kids are yours? Wow. <laughs> Why is that such a shock, right? Well, you guys think about it. I mean, okay, I'm gonna be 38 in October. My husband's 38, he's the same age. I met him one month before he turned 16. We've been together for 22 and a half years. We have seven kids together. Do you know how rare that is these days? Like people ought, at first they assume that, oh, she must be like, Hoes in different area codes, you know what I'm saying? Got all these different dudes or whatnot. Nah, bro. Uh-uh. My mama, my mama taught me what not to do, okay? No disrespect to my mom. She's gone now. However, my parents did a wonderful job teaching me what not to do in life. And the last thing I was going to do was just have multiple men in my life. Hell to the nah, nah, nah. Okay? So I never, I didn't do it. Well, guess what? Now I've, I, I've cultivated a strong marriage after 22 and a half years. Me and my husband, we've been together since we were kids. We've worked our asses off. We've had to confront some things, uh, humble ourselves, and people are shocked, right? All right, let me continue on here, guys, because I got a lot more to share with you. Um, what do you do for a living? That's the other one. That makes me feel vulnerable. What do you do for a living? Right, what do you do? If you tell somebody you're just a stay-at-home mom, they're like, eh. The most days, right? Most people feel the pressure to like perform and, and make money. And look, you guys, I ain't gonna lie. I want to make money. Absolutely. I still homeschool my kids. I want, I want to be able to have more experience with them, buy books when I need them, right? I mean, clothes, you guys, teenagers, holy moly, they're growing like crazy. There's things that my family needs and I want to be able to help add to the pot. However, I'm not going to compromise my main value of connecting and being home with them right now. I'm not gonna leave my post, right? And so that's why I believe the Lord inspired me to write this book and do what I'm doing so I can create my own stream of income. You guys, I'm telling you, God will inspire you to do the same thing. You don't have to do what everyone else is doing. But I digress. The point is, is when I tell people what I do for a living, 
I don't consider daily encouragement like a, a job or, or whatever. You know what I mean? I, I kind of more see it as a hobby right now because, um, you know, it's not, it hasn't provided like a super substantial amount of money. Like I've had a couple people the last few months drop me like $100 here, $200 there. And that has blessed me tremendously, you guys. And I'm very, very grateful. And uh, I'm just saying that because it hasn't, and this sounds really bad. I'm not trying to sound ungrateful. I'm just being honest. Because it hasn't added a, a substantial amount of money to the house to where I'm like able to help do some things, right? Pay for a little bit of groceries here and there. It doesn't feel like it's really doing anything. But, um, oh, what do I do for a living? Yeah, just being able to talk about that. Telling people, hey, I have a podcast or I wrote a book or whatever. You know, um, that's the other thing. When you tell somebody you wrote a book, sometimes people are like, oh. Like they start comparing themselves to you. Well, I'm not doing that. Or I, oh, I wrote a book right? or whatever. I don't know. It's just kind of this weird thing that happens. But um, uh, yeah, when people ask me, what do I do for a living? That can make me feel vulnerable because I'm not, I, I haven't, I haven't left my house in 15 years. I've been home with my kids for, like I said, 15 years, doing laundry, cooking, teaching them, being there for them, being present, you know, and uh, that is not something that's valued in today's culture as much, right? Most people think that both parents need to be gone and, you know, one, you know, and so for, for, for you to have, you know, the parent at home all the time with their kids full time as well, that's rare because most parents, they don't even want to be around their kids. Well, I don't feel that way about my kids. You know how some parents are like, oh my God, they're going back to school. Hooray. I, oh my God, my kids are on vacation. I'm gonna lose my mind. You know, it's like, is it really your kids or is it just you lacking the tools that you need, right? I mean, why can't we just be honest as parents about, hey, you know what? I'm not doing well at parenting. I need help instead of blaming our kids. Like our kids, they're learning from us. So it's not our kids, it's us. It's, it's the parents, right? But anyway, and I can probably piss a lot of people off, but that's fine. You know, I'm not here to sugarcoat anything. And you got, if you've been following me for a while, you know I don't do that anyway. All right. Um, oh, here's another thing I've heard women say that work. Man, I'm going crazy being around my husband all the time. What do you mean to tell me you've been with somebody for that long and you do not like being around them? What is up with that? Why are you with somebody you don't want to be around? I love being around my husband. He's my best friend. We hang out on the weekends and stuff. I mean, he, you guys, he's on call this week. He got called at three o'clock in the morning. Well, guess whose ass was up with him at three o'clock in the morning? I was up with him. Why? Because I appreciate him. I love him. I like cooking him breakfast, making his lunch, having a conversation, drinking coffee. And then after he leaves, that's when I spent, you know, I get up at five, have about 30 minutes where I drink a cup of coffee, spend time with the Lord, read, pray, and then uh, cook breakfast. And then I go back and talk to Scott about what I was thinking about. He talks to me, what he's thinking about, have a conversation, this or that. But the point is, is, you know, and then he goes to work. He doesn't get home until like 6.15 in the evening and stuff. And so, you know, I don't get to see him as much as I would like to. He gets to be home every night. Praise the Lord for that. But I like being around him. I'm not, I'm not complaining about my husband. Oh, I don't, are you kidding me? Like, why, why are you with somebody that you don't want to be around? But there's a lot of people out there that complain about their spouse. And my husband goes through it too. People are like, oh dude, my wife, man, she's just like, just a nag and this and that. And he was just like, I don't have that problem. You know? So it's sad that we have made it normal for people to be in misery. It's like, if you're not in misery, or, or you're not struggling, it's like, oh, there's something wrong with you, right? It's like, wait a minute. God says that he's going to give us fruit that would last. And he wants us to have an abundant life. And then he prunes us 
so we'd have even more fruit. So what does that mean? We have to be doing something right to produce fruit, and then he's gonna make it more fruitful, refine us more to make more fruit. Isn't fruit good, right? I mean, why wouldn't you want these things in your life? But because most people don't have it, they resent those who do. And so it's kind of a bummer. So it makes people like me in my situation uh, feel vulnerable when I'm talking about it. Here I'm listening to you, you know, uh, basically pour out your complaints about your kids and your husband, everything sucks. And I'm just like, oh man, I don't have that problem. But I don't tell, I'm not gonna tell you that, right? Because most people see that as, oh, she's bragging. You know, she's arrogant. She's this or that, right? And I, the truth is, I don't know what the hell they're thinking. I never asked them. <laughs> These are just my own assumptions in my own mind. All right, what else? Oh, you guys, the podcast is going to cut off here in just a minute. So I got to make sure. Oh, here's the last thing that people say that make me feel vulnerable. I don't have that. So then I'm like, well, crap. I have a lot of things you don't have. So therefore, how is this relationship going to work? Right? I don't have that. Well, why don't you have that? Why don't you have what you want in your life? I mean, it's a legit question, is it not? You guys. And so um, I'm going to have to get off the podcast here really quick, you guys. Um, maybe I'll stop the recording and I'll record another segment. So you guys, podcast, hold on just one minute. I'm going to stop this recording and we're going to op- open up another one. I will be right back. What is up, you guys? We are back on the podcast. I just got done talking to my audience about, you know, um, realizing how important it is to acknowledge the people that you do have in your life that have what you want instead of resenting them. They are a form of God's grace to you. And uh, as I was just explaining before um, I got back on here, is uh, grace is your ability to have a new perspective. And people can give you new perspectives that will help you create the life that you want. But how many of you have actually sat down and asked what you wanted? As I said, what do you want in your finances, your relationships, your health, your, uh, you know, your legacy? Like, how do you want people to remember you? I mean, we all are going to die one day, right? I mean, I know that's not morbid or anything. That's the reality. But what kind of legacy do you want to leave when you're gone? You know, how do you, like I said, your routine responsibilities, like how are you dealing with that? Everyone has routine responsibilities every day. How are you managing the affairs of life, like cooking and cleaning and doing your laundry and take care of your home. Those kind of things are so important, you guys. I know a lot of people take it for granted, but the reason that most people don't have peace is because they don't have their routine responsibilities in order. However, that's why God has given people on this earth who have those things figured out and they are able to give you processes and thoughts and all these things to help you get where you want to be. But you got to be humble, right? You got you to gotta know your limitations and you got to accept your limits. And then you got to be able to receive what you need so you can get what you want, have the life that you want. Anyway, so those are the statements that make me feel vulnerable. Um, so I'm always wanting to connect with people, but I'm connecting with them from my past response or experiences, right? I told you guys from the very beginning, um, I've always been around people who need to get their crap together, including my own parents. And uh, so... Um, when you're always around people like that, it was conditioning my mind in a certain kind of way, you know? And uh, that's a whole, you know, that's a whole nother conversation right there. But instead of looking at my present moment, as far as like, this is where I'm at and I'm not worried where you are, you know, I was like, well, you know, I'll just kind of connect with them and because I can relate to that. I mean, I have been there at certain times or I've experienced that growing up with other people. 
you know, um, and seeing their lives and, and seeing that, you know, maybe some of the things that they're talking about or maybe seeing myself and what they're saying. Cause I didn't have a good relationship with my mom growing up. And it wasn't because I didn't love my mom. It was because she was not giving me what I needed. You know, um, when you watch your mom get her ass beat every night of her life, and then you finally start trying to talk to people to get the problem solved. And then your mom says, if you continue to talk, they're going to pull you out of here. You're kind of like, wow. Okay. So what about me? You know? And as I got older, I was just getting frustrated because my mom was not taking care of the problems that needed to be taken care of. And, uh, you know, and then as I became a teenager and I started seeing these things about my mom, isn't that amazing how as you get older, isn't that funny that every adult becomes, every child becomes an adult, right? It's that sometimes that's hard for people who have kids to realize your children are becoming adults. And usually about the age that they start seeing your shortcomings is about age 12 or 13. And I remember looking at my mom, like not wanting to judge her, but realizing, dude, she's got some issues here. And you could not talk to my mom about the issues she was having. She would freak. And that's the difference between like me and most parents. When my kids are at that age and stage where they're getting some discernment and they're seeing things, they have permission to speak into my life. They have permission to correct me if necessary, right? If I'm, if I'm maybe uh, getting out of line as far as like how I'm talking to me, kind of like snippety or whatever, they have the, they have permission to be like, hey mom, um, you know, when you said that that way or when you snapped at me, you know, I, I would appreciate it, mom, if you talked to me, you know, with more self-control or something, right? I'm trying to think of areas where um, I've kind of been snappy with my older kids, you know, um, and I've given them permission to let me know when I've done those things. Most parents would never think to do that. They think, oh, well, I'm giving up my authority. No, you're humbling yourself and you're teaching your kids a really important skill. Don't you want your kids to be able to humble themselves? Well, you got to model it at times. You got to know if you know within yourself that you're wrong and you're not willing to acknowledge that to your children, you've got a problem, you know, and that's the difference between me and Scott is, you know, we have made it a priority that if we have gone over the line with our own kids, we're going to acknowledge it because you know what? God's watching everything, right? And that's one thing I've always remembered these last 15 years being home with my kids is God is seeing everything I'm doing. He's seeing how I talk to my kids. He sees all these things and my kids see everything, right? And it's like, I want to be the best mother I can be to them. And part of being the best mother is allowing them as they get older, 12, 13, 14 years old, to let me know if I've done something in my behavior that has hurt them, okay? So, um, all right, so what, what else did I wanna share with you guys today, right? Okay, that's what it was. So I wanna, I, I was thinking about this this morning and when, I think I brought this up on another video I did the other day. But when you're healing, or okay, let's just say you've been healed. For me, okay, God's healed me of a lot of things, but there are times when I am falling back into an old pattern that I can judge myself. Well, maybe I need more healing then. Maybe I haven't done enough work, right? And as I was kind of debating this in my mind, I had a thought where, think about somebody who had a knee injury or broke a leg or something happened, right? They went through a healing process and now they have to learn how to use that extremity all over again in a healthy way. So, and it's going to take practice. So that's the point. You can be healed, right? Someone's leg can be healed, their knee can be healed, they can be ready to rock and roll, but they still have to stand up underneath the weight and maybe they haven't 
walked for six months. So the doctor says, no, you're healed. You're ready to go. But now you have to go through the process of walking throughout the, walking through the healing. And, and that's how it is with just the, you know, the, the ways that we've behaved and the mindsets that we've taken on, you know, you can be healed from those things by being aware, getting tools, putting those things into practice. Uh, you know, as far as like, um, uh, what would you say? One of the biggest things that's important is, of healing is grieving your losses, right? Um, accepting the things that you've lost. Like it's a, it's a really deep journey. And so you can clear your life out, right? Of those things, as far as like working through that and making peace with that, but you still have to practice the new things that God has brought into your life. And that's going to take time. And those opportunities, like when you realize that, Hey, I'm falling back into an old pattern. That's okay. It's really important that we learn and I continue to learn and accept to give ourselves a lot of grace and compassion and understanding. Why do you think Jesus says you cannot treat people, you treat others the way you want to be treated. It starts with us first, you know? And so, um, I just wanted to bring that up really quick that you can be healed and you still have to practice. It's no different than someone recovering from a physical injury. They are healed, but they still have to practice walking and doing these things all over again. Right. And so, um, it's the same with just, you know, your spiritual growth, you guys, what's spirit thoughts, emotions, and will, um, you're still going to have thoughts coming into your mind. You guys, you are not in control of the thoughts that are coming into your mind, but you are responsible for the ones that you entertain and the stories you tell yourself. All right. So we have to realize that. Did you know every thought that comes into your mind is not true? Not every thought is yours. Thoughts are just there, right? That's how God communicates to us is through thoughts. So if you're wondering, is God speaking to me? Well, can you identify God's thoughts inside of you, right? And I talk about that in my devotion. Well, it's true. That's why you guys got to get your hands on it because it's going to help you learn to discern God's spirit in you through the thoughts that he gives you. Okay. So, um, you guys, I don't think, I think I'm going to stop right there. No, actually, no, I'm not going to stop right here because I told you guys I was going to tell you um, about foreboding really quick and kind of what it is. Oh, what did I do with that? I didn't think I, I didn't bring it in here. Dang it, Ashley. I left my other uh, notebook. Um, so I guess I'll save that for next week because uh, this podcast has already been super long. So next week, I'm going to talk to you guys about what foreboding is. Today, I was going to talk to you guys about it today, but... The main goal was to share with you guys things that make me feel vulnerable. And then ar the armor that I put on, which is foreboding, which I'm not going to get into that right now because that's going to probably take another half hour. But uh, I hope you guys got some value out of this conversation anyways. You know, um, I hope you guys are reflecting on your own life, you know, as far as what things happen that make you feel like almost like you're coming out of your skin or you're like, oh man, you know, um, think about those things. Those are indicators. And, uh, you know, for me personally, I don't want to continue to be in the same, you know, coping mechanisms that I've been in over the years to manage that. And, uh, like I said, foreboding has, has been a huge one, but we'll get into that next week. You guys, I'll talk about that next week on the podcast. So, um, I'm going to make a note of that really fast. What's next week. Oh my gosh. What is the date today? Today's Wednesday, right? We're talking about foreboding. I'm going to write that down on my desk calendar here Foreboding. All right. So. You guys, I thank you guys for joining me today. I hope you guys have an awesome rest of the day. Thanks again for all the donations for the commercial. Um, as soon as the rest of the money hits the account, they, it says it's expected tomorrow. I will be getting hold of Trilogy 
uh, TBN and uh, saying, hey guys, I got the money for the commercial and then they'll start working on it and it's going to be on TBN Inspire. So if anyone has cable, um, it'll be on the TBN Inspire channel. They're gonna air it 20 times, 30 second commercial and you guys will be able to see your donations on the TV. Um, I don't have cable TV, I have a Hulu and YouTube. So, you know, I'm gonna have to like, like I said, rely on people who have cable at home. I know my grandma does and my mother-in-law does. And so I said, hey, when you guys see the commercial, make sure you record it on your phone or something and send it to me. Cause seeing something on TV is different. Of course you can stream everything on the internet, right? But seeing it on TV is different. So anyway, you guys, um, I'll be back on Friday. Food for Thought Friday, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Just whatever the Lord brings to my mind. I know there were some other things I want to share with you guys today, but they slipped my mind. So maybe the Lord will remind me and then we'll talk about it on Friday. I'm not sure what we're doing Friday. We'll just kind of take it one day at a time. That's the whole thing of daily encouragement. It's really just in the context of life. That's all you have is one moment at a time. And you know, the tagline for daily encouragement is finding Jesus in the context of the daily. And if you're new to my page, what does that mean? So Jesus is the truth. So I'm saying finding truth in the context of your daily life. What does that look like? Everything we just talked about today, being real with where you're, where you're at and what you need and you know, uh, what do you want in your life and what are you struggling with? That's how daily encouragement functions. And I remember asking the Lord when I started, I said, Lord, like why daily encouragement? Like for what? Cause I, I was trying to figure out what to name it. And that, that just came to my mind. And I was like, for what for? And it says, because man doesn't live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from him. You guys eat every day. Right? I mean, hopefully most people do eat, drink, you know, um, we need thoughts from God every single day. You need to be in the habit and the practice of seeking God on a daily basis, right? Start reading your Bible and then start engaging with the content. Like, Lord, what does this mean? Have you ever read the Bible and didn't know what it meant? That's fine. Those voids are the perfect place that you meet God's grace. Boom. Slammed that slight in that spot right there. You don't know is where he comes through. Okay. And he does that through our thoughts and we have to start paying attention. Lord, what are you trying to say to me? Lord, open up my mind. You know, what is the solution to these problems I'm having? What do I need? Right. I mean, and, and you have to have your eyes open to the opportunities God's going to bring the people, the resources to do that. And so anyway, you guys, I'm going to quit talking to y'all. I hope you have an awesome rest of the day and it's Wednesday. Be sure to check out the podcast. Um, I'm at 9,999 downloads. So 10,000 is, has been a milestone for me. So I'm only one download away. So you guys be sure to look for daily encouragement, Ashley Campbell on whatever platform you use to stream podcasts. So I use Spotify, but I know it's on Amazon music. It's on iTunes. It's on Google cast, like look up daily encouragement with Ashley Campbell. And you guys are going to get a ton of content, 325 episodes. Um, I started the podcast in uh, 2019. And so, um, you guys go back and just check those episodes out. I'm telling you, there's a lot of good stuff in there. And if you guys enjoyed today's conversation, holy moly, go all the way back to the beginning. And there's so much in there. So, all right, you guys love you so much. Have an awesome rest of the day and I will talk to you next time.